I'm right now seeing a very special woman, Basia, Bas Gittel, Basia, the daughter of Gittel. And the class tonight should be in her mouth and bring her a tremendous reflema. Okay, so today we're going to do yesterday's Tanya and today's. Wow, from place to place. Thursday night I pulled off the side of a highway and now we're in a hospital room. On Friday, we're continuing the concept of the person who's saying, the skeptic, who's saying, eh, idolatry is very different than every other sin. And that's why for idolatry, the person would die rather than sin. But for any other sin, it's okay. The disconnection is not so bad. The Altareb is saying it's exactly the same thing. And if you would die rather than disconnect yourself from God through idolatry, you should surely keep from any other sin because all the other sufferings of not indulging in the sin are far less than the suffering, the complete loss of death. So if one would die rather than commit idolatry, one should allow himself to suffer and not commit any other sin as well. So the skeptic said, no, there's a tremendous difference because idolatry, the disconnect is permanent. In any other sin, the disconnect is only for the time of the sin. So since for idolatry, it's a permanent disconnect, yes, death is preferable than a permanent disconnection from God. But for any other sin, the disconnect is only during the time of the sin. So it's not so bad. So we can, so the altar ever said no. What's the no? The no is right now, so you can also be reconnected right away. Well, not right away, but if you want right away, because you could repent as soon as you finish sinning with idolatry, and as soon as you repent, you're reconnected. So if one was gossiping, and as soon as they finish, they're reconnected, and if one is sinning with an idol, as soon as they finish the act of sinning, repent, and you're also instantaneously reconnected to God. So there's no difference. So therefore, if you die instead of sinning with idolatry, you should surely give up your desire to indulge in gossip and don't gossip. So the skeptic had replied, but no, you can't sin relying on repentance. So Paul goes into idolatry saying, well, I'll commit idolatry today. And right as soon as I'm done, because there's a gun to my back and I'd rather live, as soon as I'm done, I'll repent. This is sinning, banking on repentance, banking on tshuva. And if you sin relying on tshuva, relying on repentance, repentance doesn't happen. You're not forgiven. That's why idolatry is different than everything else. The altar ever responded yesterday, no. Even though our sages say you cannot sin relying on repentance, relying on tshuva, but they don't mean it doesn't work. They just mean it'll be harder. If you push God will always accept repentance. So a person is being told, bow to this idol or we'll kill you. And he says, I'll bow to the idol. And right afterwards, I'm going to repent. And this is sinning relying on repentance. He can't repent. And as long as he sincerely pushes through the repentance, God will accept his repentance completely. And he'll be reconnected. Exactly as he'll be reconnected if he was doing any other of any other thing, any other transgression. And therefore, 
why are we saying it's different idolatry as versus any other transgression? Because of our rashtud, because of the voice of folly that convinces us that for all these other transgressions, eh, it's not such a big deal. It tries to convince us that for idolatry as well, but we don't buy that line. But for all the other transgressions, it fools us. And that's the point the Rebbe is signing against. Don't get fooled. Now, the Rebbe says, why is it then, if you truly can be reconnected, as soon as you finish sinning with idolatry, you can do your repentance, do your tshuva, and God will accept it, and you will be reconnected. So why is someone willing to sacrifice their life? They might have a whole life in front of them. They might be young. They might have young children. They, they have a whole life ahead of them. Why are they sacrificing their life for this connection to God that can be restored as soon as they finish sinning? The Rebbe says, because the soul is a piece of God. And since the soul is a piece of God, the soul has God-like properties. And there are two God-like properties we're thinking of here. One is the soul is beyond time. Beyond time meaning time is always existent. Past, present, and future is the same for God. Everything that was, is, and will be is constantly happening. So the fact that this sin and this disconnection lasted for a duration of 90 seconds, that doesn't compute for the soul. Those 90 seconds exist forever. Not only is the soul like God beyond time, but also it's ruling over time, which means that this time slows down. So not only are those 90 seconds of disconnection always happening, this is if they're in slow motion. So it's a very, very agonizing, perpetual disconnect for the soul. Because those 90 seconds or a minute or three minutes or four minutes of disconnection are constantly happening in slow motion for the soul, the soul says, it's not worth it. I'd rather die than undergo this type of disconnection from God. That was yesterday's Tanya. And today's Tanya continues and says that until now, we've been using this natural love we have to keep from doing the wrong. Don't gossip. It's idolatry. Don't say a lie. It's idolatry. But we can also use this energy to do the right. Meaning, in general, what keeps us from doing what we need to do is a a laziness, which is coming from the element of earth in the animal soul. We have, as we went all the way back in Chapter 1, fire, earth, wind, and water in our godly soul and fire, earth, wind, and water in our animal soul. In our animal soul, based on Tanya, the worst offender from this perspective is earth. Earth gives us laziness, sluggishness, apathy, depression. That's earth, as we're going to be discussing soon in the next chapters from 26 through 34. There's a little bit of foreshadowing. But we're already bringing it in here now in 25, that that element of earth in our animal soul makes us too lazy to do the right thing. Like, okay, I don't have to do the commandment precisely. I'm doing it close enough. I don't have to be so careful. I don't have to be so machner. I don't have to be so mahudr. I can't be bothered doing all the things we need to be bothered to to serve Hashem. Again, with the same messages of my, of my spirit of folly, of my rochstus. 
Does God really care? Is this really going to hurt me? I can't be bothered pushing as much as sometimes you need to push to serve God properly, especially when there's a lot of work in serving God. So the Rebbe is now saying in all those areas where there's a lot of work in serving God, you can pull on your natural love and push yourself to work hard. Meaning, there's plenty of ways to serve God that come naturally and feel good. But there's plenty of ways that are hard. And for all those that are hard, that are difficult for us, the Rebbe says, as we're going to discuss tomorrow, exactly the technique, but the Rebbe says, pull on your love for Hashem. Pull on that natural love for God and work hard for Him. Because we need to work hard for Him. And now the Rebbe is going to hit three examples, three broad areas where we have to work hard. Like, for example, in learning Torah. In learning Torah, you have to work hard. You have to push yourself to learn. You have to push yourself to understand. You have to push yourself to remember. There's a lot of pushing, a lot of disciplining yourself. Okay, I'm going to learn. I'm going to say my chitas. I might dominate a bit. I might say it half asleep. I might skip the rashis. I mean, whatever. What, what is that already took from me? I'm busy. So the other says, you have to push hard. How could I push so hard? Pull on your natural love to push hard. Also in dominating. To daven with all of your strength, with all intention, or maybe from our perspective, to daven. Or maybe to daven also Kabanos. Or maybe to daven also after Shimon Whatever. We all can make our own inner accounting, soul searching of what does it mean to push hard in davening. Also in money issues. To give, to give more, to give more generously. It's hard. So in all these areas, whatever is hard for us in serving Hashem, whatever feels like a burden for us in serving Hashem, the Rebbe says the same way our natural love keeps us from sinning and combats the voice that says, it's not so important, I'm not going to get in trouble, God doesn't really care, this isn't really hurting me. That same combat tool, that same love can overcome the voice that says, I can't be bothered, it's too much, it's too draining, it's too much pressure. And we can work hard for God, work hard in Torah, work hard in prayer, work hard in charity. And we can break through those barriers that come from the earth element, the sluggish, depressed, not moving element of our animal soul. To be continued with thus, obviously everyone who's listening tonight is working hard, because I think after Shabbos is a hard night to listen, and we should push through, and we should bring the chef now.